Well, someone asked me what show prep meant, and I told him that I masturbate till the point just before I come before the show. <laughs> That's my show prep. It's on Twitter. <laughs> so, so why aren't you masturbating right now? Um. Oh, does this count as pre-show? Well, I guess it does, doesn't it? That was you turning around saying it's my show. I will call you whatever the fuck I want. That's right. Because I run my show with an iron fist. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> I've heard it, so I can imagine. And titty shots. <laughs> Just kidding. There so you go. So you have your sex dreams already for the second half? I remembered them, yes. Okay. I don't think I could forget them in a hurry. <laughs> How you can go from beating fuck out of somebody to fucking someone else is just beyond me. But that's what happened in my head. And the second we're done, I'm passing the fuck out. <laughs> I bet you are. Yeah. Aww. I even have a big potty of tea on the floor waiting for me. Nice. <laughs> I will be complimentous during this. And moans. Today with oh, me, God. I have. <laughs> you forgot the tagline, so I better do it. All right. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of the Screams and Moans podcast, the podcast about movies and sex, but not together because that would be porn. Today, I have with me Big Andy D. Hello. Giggity. How are you, darling? You all right? I am all right. How are you doing? I'm a little drunk, but I'm alright. <laughs> Speaking of drunk, uh, what have you been up to today? <laughs> you know fine well what I've been up to today. I've been at a beer festival for the last 12 hours. Oof, so that's a good day then. <laughs> it was an excellent day, yes. So did you just get to try a bunch of different beers, or was it one of your favorite breweries, or what was it, it for? Was. It was a little mixture of everything. So there's a suburb of Glasgow called Paisley, and every year they have a beer festival. And they have um, Scottish, English, Irish, Welsh brewers come up and showcase whatever they've done for that particular year. So you go in, you get your um, sort of annual beer glass. So this year it says 2014, as you would expect. And um, you go around and you either have a third of a pint, half pint, or a full pint, depending on whether or not you like it or not. Oh. If only I liked yes. beer. <laughs> that's unfortunate. You need educated. Oh, maybe. That, that's what that is. And then you get pipe bands on top of that, and um, German bratwurst, which seems awfully random, but it does a treat when you're a bit shit-faced. Well, it goes with beer, right? Oh, exactly. Sausage and beer, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you'll have to give me a beer education next time you're here in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, I can I can think of a few. Um, 
Surly would be a good one to start you off with if you haven't tried that already. That's a local brewer. Okay. I've smelled Surly. It smells delicious. I just... It tastes even better. Yeah, well, I'll have I to could... see then. It goes down very well. Nice. So, uh, anything else that you've been up to the last, well, since last time we talked? Um, let me think, let me think. I have been on vacation. I have been to New Orleans, or as you Americans call it, New Orleans, and that was fantastic. Um, funnily enough, being a Minnesota girl, you'll know that, that that little river that you have going through the Twin Cities, the Mississippi, that goes all the way down to New Orleans, as you are probably well aware of. So um went on a steamboat tour up and down that. I tried, as no surprise, the local beers. I tried all of them. They're lo local brewery. There's two of them. There's one called Abita and one called Nola, which is New Orleans, Louisiana. And I got through all of their beers that they had to offer. And I found the most amazing bar ever. Um, those who know me will know I'm a bit of a basketball fan. So if you imagine um, 10 by 10, so two rows of lazy boy chairs. You're sitting in your lazy boy chair, you've got it fully reclined, you're watching basketball on a screen that is 8 foot by 8 foot, and you've got waitresses serving you beer. Hello, heaven, I have arrived. It was awesome. So you're comfy, beer is delivered to you, and you have basketball. Yes, and my team won. What more can I ask for? It was it like was the just perfect... epic the perfect vacation it was 35 degrees as well or should i say 80 degrees <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was epic it was epic oh nice and they have good food down there too i hear as well oh i tried everything did you I... did you have chicken and waffles because that's like a big southern thing did i yeah chicken waffles maple syrup and mustard thank you very much it was it was epic. It really was good. Just I, from being being from Britain, trying the whole sweet and sour and savory thing does doesn't normally go. But having travelled as much as I have, being able to try maple syrup over the top of freshly cooked waffles with freshly deep fried chicken nugget styles, it was just oh wow. I I put on half a stone maybe six pounds, and it was worth every single ounce. It was just lovely. Oh, nice. I, I, I went for a donut that was um, a five-mile walk out of town to go and get a donut that was maybe the size of your face, and then a mile extra walk to go to a pub, which was just phenomenal, and then a six-mile walk back. Oh, that does sound like a good trip. It was. It was. So you had any chicken and waffles lately? Um, no, though, uh, I did actually make some at work one time. We have a breakfast club and, um, we brought the, I made the batter and one of my coworkers had the waffle iron. So it was actually fresh waffles. And then, um, instead of chicken, like chicken dippers or chicken fingers, then, um, we actually had just regular fried chicken and then maple syrup on top of it. And we did that just to be different even though that's more of a southern food than like a minnesotan food 
But... So, so on that then, do you get Popeye's chicken in Minnesota? Oh, I fucking love Popeye's chicken. Right. The chicken and waffles I had was in Popeye's, and it was a case of spot the white man, and the white man was me. <laughs> right. But oh my goodness, they call it soul food for a reason, and it tasted sublime. It really was good. Oh, and. I hope you went with the spicy chicken, because if you go to Popeye's, you have to eat the spicy, not the original. I was in Louisiana. You didn't have an option. It was <laughs> spicy or nothing. <laughs> with some sweet tea. <laughs> no, no sweet tea. I got, I think I had or- OJ. Thought I had. Not even orange juice. It was just called OJ. <laughs> I thought I was going to get murdered, but, you know. <laughs> You're like, would you like some OJ with that? You're like... No, it's all right. I don't need any crimes while I'm here. <laughs> exactly. There's enough going on outside for that. <laughs> oh, I'm not really into that kind of football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. I don't know. Other than that, speaking of work, it's just been a little hectic at, at my job this week, but um, kind of tied up everything that I needed to. And now I get to relax for a couple weeks, so that'll be good. The only downside is there's no more roller derby and no more minnesota swarm for the season so or timberwolves unfortunately Mm, they tried though they always try they their point guard lets them down in my opinion Mm, is that ricky rubio yes it is ricky rubio i don't know basketball a lot but i went to a game um what did you think last month Oh, it was fun, actually. <laughs> they were playing um, the Spurs, I believe. <gasps> That's my team! <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. straight up. Oh. Timmy D, my brother from another mother. That's what it is. Oh, well, we totally, Minnesota kicked their ass that night. So I, it was I, a good game. So I remember, but where are you in the playoffs? Oh, that's right, you're not there in the Spurs are. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. I've, I've been to the Target Center on a number of occasions. Um, it's, it's one of those places that when the crowd gets behind the team, it's fantastic to watch. So it's, um, I'm glad you've had the opportunity to go there being a little girl. Yeah, yeah, it was really good that night. It was a little different, though, because... Um, it wasn't a regularly scheduled game, I guess, so any of the season ticket holders had to buy it as an extra ticket, so there was a lot of empty seats that night. So it probably wasn't as loud as it normally gets in there, but it was it was still a lot of fun, though. Yeah, that, that particular game, I'm, I'm being a bit anal here because I'm a bit of a basketball fan, um, that game was meant to get played in Mexico City, but there was a problem with the venue in Mexico City, and the game got cancelled. So they decided to hold it in the Target Center in Minnesota. So that's why the season ticket holders needed to buy an extra set of tickets. Ah, well, it enabled me to get a pretty awesome seat for the game. Yeah. Well, awesome for me. <laughs> like, front row on the upper level. But, <laughs> but they're good seats up there. They're, they're good seats. Have you been before? No. No, actually. So... Ah, well, there we go. A first time for everything. You got basketball fan growing inside of you, then? <laughs> Whoa, that last time I checked. But... <laughs> 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 uh, 
But um, yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun to go see the game. So I'll I'll maybe yeah I think I'll probably plan on going to another game next season since they're um not in the playoffs. <laughs> well, that's that's where this isn't a basketball podcast. So I I won't go on about what's happening with the franchise. I will yeah. save you and your audience. <laughs> All right, but we can go on about your shows later on in our show. So you can let oh, okay. people know where, where if they want to hear more about it. Can... <laughs> that sounds good to me. They can hear all about that. <laughs> and gaming. <laughs> in the meantime, we should probably move on to what they're actually here to listen to. Me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's the reason I tune in, so when you go... <laughs> Oh, but um, yeah, we actually had a movie to watch, which uh, this time we went with Battle Royale. And yeah, so for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's, um, well, it's subtitled, which I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> All of a sudden I started watching and was like, oh, subtitles. All right. Because it is Japanese. It's about um, kind of the backstory is that there's you know their country has fallen and from you know greatness and so there's high unemployment like a bunch of teenage crime i mean it's regular old america really and um, that's all i could think of when they were talking about that but um you know their solution to all these problem youth is to pass this battle royale act um which basically randomly takes a classroom of students and has them fight to the death. And there can only be one winner who can get a ticket um, back to civilization. Yep, and it happens every three years, and the kind of story is set on the... the, It's all done as a matter of a lottery, so you don't know who's going to be chosen. And the way in which... They choose the, the kind of the kids because that's really all they are to go through and fight to the death. It, it just starts this spiral that just is never ending. But it's one of those films uh, you can't stop watching, and that's kind of why you and I spoke about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, and I do have to say there was times during the movie that I'd have to you know pause and step away for a minute. And it was actually intense enough that, like, my heart was racing at certain points. Like, walking away, I'm going, oh, this movie's actually getting me, like, quite riled up. So so that's kind of the basis of the movie. And then, um, yeah, I don't know, for you, and um, talk about for me as well, but what was kind of some of the more memorable scenes or um, things like that about the movie for you? Well, to, to start off with, the whole field trip of the whole class and the teacher going out on what looked to be a routine field trip. And then all of a sudden, they get gassed out and they're taken to a concentration camp. And before you know it, they are being told that they have been selected randomly to fight to the death. That it kind of set the tone from the get-go, really. Oh, yeah. And, you know, kind of like a panicked herd of you know sheep or cattle in that classroom really um but yet what struck me as well was the instructional video 
about having to fight to the death. <laughs> like, it was very animated and happy. Oh, happy go! You kill each other! <laughs> you know? Yay! And if you don't kill each other, your heads will blow off. Woohoo! Super happy fun time! Woohoo! Right? It, it was Let's the most upbeat... Go. <laughs> most upbeat video to the death that you've ever heard. It's like, yeah, yeah, only one of the 35 will survive. Woohoo! Super happy fun time! <laughs> and don't you even think about messing with that. Or it will blow your head off. Yay! <laughs> but she, as you mentioned, she does it in such an upbeat and positive manner. These kids are bricking themselves when they're hearing, Oh, I don't want to kill my friend. I don't want to kill my friend. But there's this super animated, proper sort of cheerleader-esque type person going, Yeah, yeah, there'll be danger zones. And if you're in a danger zone, your head's going to blow off. And if your head don't blow off, you got to kill your friend. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> it was it was it was so bizarre to see everything that was going on and it's like hang on this is so massacre it's it's unbelievable but yet you're so hyper and so upbeat about this it's unbelievable right right which i think <laughs> well you know set the viewer in that same you know disjointed mindset as they would have been going what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck is going on and you know, the fact that, you know, the, well, I don't know what you'd call him, the leader of the camp was their seventh, seventh year teacher, which is very odd as well. So oh, their seventh grade teacher for, yeah. for you guys. I'm, I'm so glad I didn't go to school in Asia. <laughs> I'm, I really am, because, you know, at that age, like, oh my goodness, your hormones are all out of check. And to be told, yeah, it's great, you can see your friend, but you shoot me in the face. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Right? Oh, and it, it, well, I mean, and the film starts out with a disclaimer about how violent it is, so <laughs> that viewer discretion is advised. It's one of those, if if you like Japanese schoolgirls, you, you're in the wrong ballpark here, because you're, you're in for a rude awakening as to what this film is all about. Yeah, I mean, there are Japanese schoolgirls, and they are wearing skirts, but there's not too much sexiness going on in this film. Well, that, that's the one thing that strikes me about this film. If you think of any movie nowadays, it has a sex scene in it, right? Regardless of what the film is you're thinking about, in some way, shape, or form, there's a sex scene in it. Correct. This this film does not have that. No. The closest they get is talking about one girl getting a period. Or some bloke saying, I could threaten you with this crossbow. And I could rape you, but I'm not going to. That's about as close as you get to sex in this film. I, yeah, that's the scene I was thinking about, you know? The guy's like, oh yeah, I've wanted you for a long time. And she's like, fuck you, you're fucking ugly, you know? Just <laughs> <laughs> get away from me, you crazy stalker. And in the meantime, you know, he's keeps going and going and, you know, yeah, basically says, hey... I'm the one with the weapon, and she's like, hey, if you don't stop, I'm going to have to, you know, retaliate with full force. And uh, she does. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but that, that's the premise of the film. The, the idea is, you know, it's last man standing. You need to kill everybody. And this girl wasn't taking anything. And the way she went. Yeah. Good yeah. and proper. Yeah. So I also kind of liked how, you know, they did kind of flash back to their memories with each other so that at least you got a little bit of a feeling for the different kids and their personalities and their experiences. But 
not so much that it would really affect you when they died or anything like that. I, I think it was more along the lines um, from from what I took away from it is is the groups and all the cliques that you get in school nowadays. You know, you get the sort of cool kids and the bullies and the jocks and all that. And there was one particular girl who got picked on. She got locked away in a toilet. And then you found out as to why and how that happened and the people who'd done it. And then you realize as to why she enjoyed killing them so much. It was excellent. Right? <laughs> yeah, die, bitch, die! <laughs> Still all riled up from the movie, evidently. <laughs> Indeed. But... Yeah, it it did cover a lot of drama of the teenage variety, just from the, you know, guys talking about, you know, who is a crush on who and stuff like that. And as part of those stories and, you know, people who on their deathbed suddenly confessing their feelings for other people or, you know, oh, I had a crush on you the whole time. But I also thought it was kind of interesting that, well, and it, I guess it would kind of be the same way you know, anywhere with any group of people, the different variety of ways that people dealt with the shock. So, you know, certain ones just fought it right off the bat and got killed. Others decided they were going to commit suicide. Others, you know, um, made a decision to try to not play the game or to rig the game or, you know, everybody has their own way of dealing with that shock and trauma. The one thing that surprised me above all of that is you have all the different individuals trying to deal with it in their own way, but then the teacher that's leading everything, who's telling his kids they need to go and kill one another. Halfway through the film, it starts raining, and he comes out with an umbrella and gives an umbrella to one of the kids and says, oh, don't, get you, don't catch a cold, gives them an umbrella and turns around and walks away. It's like, well, hold on a second. You're telling everybody needs to fight to the death, but yet here you are giving somebody an umbrella. Right. It, and that completely messed my head. I don't know about yours, but it's like, hold on. I get what you're trying to do. You know, the last man standing, the best person there, the toughest in the group, all that sort of stuff. Why are you giving somebody the umbrella? That, that completely threw me. It really did. Well, that whole little sub-story that they tried to make about that and about that teacher kind of struck me at kind of what were they trying to get at or what were they trying to make out of it so it just being the first time I've ever seen this film I don't know if you've ever watched it before I've seen it a couple of times um, the first time I watched it it didn't have subtitles unfortunately so I didn't have a clue what was going on oh, so it was just like massive murder everywhere for you the first yeah. time through this film Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why do they all want to kill each other? And then I went to school the next day and it was like, uh, uh, I'm looking at everyone a little bit differently. You're sizing <laughs> them up, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> we were all taken to this remote island. <laughs> exactly. Sounds like an episode of Lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kept thinking like the Hunger Games, even though I haven't. I, I have not read the books and I haven't watched that movie, so. Yeah, yeah, closet, closet fan right there. No, you can try to pin that on me, but. No, all right, okay. It was <laughs> worth a go. <laughs> so um, yeah, obviously there was quite a bit of violence in here, but um, did you have any? I guess what were your most memorable deaths of the movie, for you? 
Deaths is, is a tricky one because how the film starts off is that the kids get random backpacks and they will get potluck in terms of weapons. So it will range from somebody having a saucepan lid <laughs> way up somebody having a, a semi-automatic pistol. And it's like, well, okay, you know, the, these are the, the sort of range and diversity of the weapons that you're getting. But it's surprising how versatile some of these kids can be with the weapons. So the guy took uh, the guy with the saucepan lid took on a guy wielding an axe and ended up winning. And it's like, well, normally you wouldn't think of the guy with the axe losing that sort of fight. And that, that was one that stuck into my mind, not not only because it was axe versus a saucepan lid, it was more to the fact that it was an accidental death and the person was so distraught that he killed his friend and his classmate that he didn't know how to cope with it. But before he had the chance to grieve, somebody else was already bearing down on him. I mean, that was it. And he was running away into the woods and, and hiding from the fact that it was uh, you know, all against all sort of environments. I was going to say, everybody for themselves kind of environment. Even though, yeah, that particular character, um, yeah, actually looked out for for his little girlfriend the whole time. <laughs> Which was rather cute, I have to admit, yes. Yeah, that was really cute. little love story amongst the violence, you know. One of many. One of many, because as... As the film progresses, you notice that there is a few survivors from the last Battle Royale. One being another love-struck teenager and the other being a complete psychopath. Complete psychopath, yeah. It was unbelievable how insane that particular guy was. And one was out to protect everybody else, whilst the other was there just to to kill anybody. Yeah. Well, and for some reason, one of the more memorable deaths that I can think about in the film was um, there was that one girl that all I could say is that she was a total bitch I mean like cold hearted bitch like had no problem killing anyone throughout this whole film well not the whole film because obviously she didn't make it to the end but <laughs> spoiler <laughs> <laughs> well that and for 39 others as well right or something like that <laughs> um, but you know, she stalked different people, and then it was when they were in that building, and the guy with the GPS as his, well, it's not really a weapon, but his tool, you know, was going to find this girl, and instead she shot him. Because, you know, gotta protect yourself. You could have been coming right. after her. And, you know, she's sitting there mourning him and crying, and the girl, like, walks up and just, you know, shoots her as well. But then that crazy dude comes in, the psychopath. And takes out the super bitchy chick. And I'm like, I don't know any of these people's names, so she's just going to be super bitchy chick. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah. but she didn't go down without a fight, though. Oh, that she was... She didn't go down without a fight. That was crazy. It was... She gets shot, she plays dead, the guy comes in close, and she tries to tase him, and then go at him with her machete. And it was, it was nuts. It's like, hang on, you're bringing a sword to a gunfight. You ain't going to win. No. And naturally she didn't. <laughs> no, but she tried. But I was thinking, you know, if those two would have teamed up, instead of killing each other, everyone else would have been in some deep shit. Because they were both cold-hearted, crazy, 
Fallout, I think. What I was the thing, the, the, the story progresses where different cliques get together and one actually creates a virus, infiltrates the computer system holding down the whole island. They're just about to win the game for everybody without any more deaths. And then the psycho turns up and thinks, you know what, I'm just going to just mow you all down with my automatic pistol. See ya. Yeah. And then they, their little handmade bombs just explode the entire building. Fuck everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those films that you you need to watch from from start to finish, but about halfway through you'll be thinking, why am I watching this? But then you're also thinking, I can't turn this off because I want to see how it ends. It's one of those that just grips you completely. Right, because you want to see what's going to happen next, and they have enough of those little sub-stories with the clicks that you're like, ooh, well, what's going to happen there? Or, you know, you know more of the story, so you're like, oh, oh, I don't think that's going to go well. You know, but you just, you got to wait to see, to see what's going to happen. And other ones, you're kind of rooting for them, like you said, the ones that hacked into the system and they made their own bombs and, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be all, oh, oh crazy on the scene unlucky <laughs> right game, try again next week game over <laughs> <laughs> no respawn In five four three two no. <laughs> oh that doesn't happen in life but yeah it is definitely one of those films for sure it's so violent and i don't want to say that there's not a point but yeah you still always want to know what's going to happen and what's coming up so it definitely keep, kept me intrigued you know hmm. well and right now on uh on netflix i noticed they also have battle royale 2 <laughs> there is a sequel there you go <laughs> so you've ruined it for everybody by telling them somebody survives the island <laughs> well we haven't told them who or how so we've kept well, this that is true we've kept that a secret and yes yeah, all I'll say about the end is that painting. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, that's just teasing everybody. You need to elaborate just a little bit on that painting. The, the thing is, before you get to the painting, you're left with three people, right? And in typical movie-esque type cinematography, it pans away as you hear gunshots. And you hear two gunshots, so you're automatically thinking, "Oh well, well somebody's killed someone." And you get you get hinted at in this film that the girl survived. So you're thinking, "Well, I heard two gunshots, so that means one guy shot another guy, and the other guy shot the other guy." It means the girl lives. And you're thinking, "Well, okay, this can't get any more twisted or more fucked up than whatever it is." And yes. That's when the painting comes into play. Yes. Yes. Thank you for giving my listeners the background on that <laughs> that's all right i'll do your job for you. don't you worry darling oh why do you think i have different guests every week <laughs> i couldn't do someone's this shit got, myself <laughs> someone's gonna keep you on your toes <laughs> oh that's almost a full-time job <laughs> keeping me on my toes <laughs> but yeah i i did like it even though like i said i think my heart was racing the whole rest of the night just because the film was so like, go, 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 all the time. It's not one of those movies that has the sort of action-packed sequence, love sequence, story sequence, action. It's just 
constant action from start to finish. It's one of those that it has a classroom to get rid of, and you actually see every single person being dealt with in one way. Yes, you really do see that through the daily updates and, you know, as a being an observer with the uh, with the film. You know, you also get to see that along with having it be announced to then see their friends' reactions as well to the different deaths and the stories that come out from that. And, and it's the way you, you see those friendships and you'll, you'll have a, a, a momentary lapse where somebody from some sort of friendship is being killed. You don't know who or what at that particular time, but then it gives you a flashback to something that happened in the past and it's like... Oh, they were really good friends with them, but yet they just shot them through the face with a crossbow. Yeah. Holy shit. Teenagers. So t- <laughs> uh, hormones, man. Who can control them? Right. Fucking crazy. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I definitely am glad I watched it. It's not one of those... A lot of times I'll have, I guess, what I would categorize as awful films on my podcast. Not all of them, but a good chunk of them. I wouldn't exactly have called... Leprechaun 2 a winner in terms of movies. <laughs> no, I agree with that one. <laughs> but um, this is one of the better ones, I think. Whoop, whoop. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, top 12. Top 12. <laughs> oh, top 12. Well, 12 shows, top 12. I'm happy with that. There you go. See, you've made it as part of the Dirty Dozen. Oh yeah, giggity giggity goo. It's, it's an elite club <laughs> that you'll wish you were out of. <laughs> or into. Um, no, I'm just I suppose with that, we can take a little break and uh, we'll come back with uh, some stories about uh, sexy dreams. After that, we're back, and I hope you're ready to talk about those crazy, sexy dreams you have. You make it sound like such a common occurrence, like a one-time thing. <laughs> but, but yes, I am. <laughs> All right. Well, I had to give it some thought too. It's um, <laughs> you know, it's like you typically have dreams, but a lot of times you might, you know, remember them for a little bit while you wake up. But it's only the really different ones that you seem to really remember. I think. By, by different, do you mean completely fucked up and mentally scarring? Yes, <laughs> Is that what you're about to share with me today? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you've asked for and that's what you'll get, yes. <laughs> I knew I picked you as a guest for a reason. <laughs> there is that, yep. <laughs> nice. Um, well, yeah, so yeah, let's start out with yours first since uh, you are the guest this week. Right, okay. So, as, as you've already mentioned, I'm not one of these people who remembers dreams often. But when I, I do, it's for one of many fucked up reasons. And when, when, when you got in touch with me uh, for this particular question, it was like, 
that's kind of spooky because a couple of days ago I had this really messed up dream. It was unbelievable. Um, so it'd be timing work. then. <laughs> yes, it's almost stalker-esque, you know. But uh, um, it, it was one of, one of those dreams that you you remember. You know, I've been having a difficult patch at work. It's, it's been it's been rather challenging and more challenging than usual. And for whatever reason, in this dream, I ended up going on a mad rampage of um, escorting somebody out of the building, and it turned into a mass brawl and an almost a battle royale esque fight outside of the workplace. And I, I don't know why it happened that way. It it just did, but it's one of those dreams that resonates with me, and I can I can recall it quite vividly. It's it's actually quite disturbing, to be perfectly honest. So. This whole violence ensues, and then to recuperate, I go back to uh, a friend's house, and it's it's one of those things where you're just sitting down, you're not talking, you're not thinking about anything else, you, you're just hanging out, and one thing leads to another, and heavy petting and all that stuff, and before oh, you know... Oh, that happens with my friends all the time. Oh, I can quite believe it. I can <laughs> quite believe it. And, <laughs> and the heavy petting leads to more heavy petting and before you know it it's full-blown sex but then the, the, the really weird thing is the friend's housemates come home and it, it starts off with one coming home coming down and saying oh what do you want for dinner oh, i see you already having dessert but instead of getting freaked out by the whole situation decides to join in but then the partner of the housemate who just turns up decides to come downstairs as well just to see what's going on and before you know it there's this full-blown orgy in full swing and in full effect and not minutes earlier in the dream there were seven shades of shit being kicked out of some people and now it's it's turned into a full-on orgy and i have no idea how that came to <laughs> fruition in my mind yes i was having a tough time at work maybe i hadn't had any for a little while so that's maybe how the sex came into it i really don't know but it was one of the most bizarre dreams i've had for a while and then all of a sudden i catch an email from you that says we want to know your weird sex dreams for screams and moans and it's like i really need to tell you about this <laughs> and there, there we go and here i am yes <laughs> impeccable timing um but yeah i guess maybe unfortunate i don't know these friends so i don't know maybe it is fortunate that you had a dream about them all joining in but um <laughs> It, it was a weird thing, it, and but the, the the odd thing is with these friends, it's not like there there is any sort of attraction there. They're just friends of a friend, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I talk about mine, yeah, it's a bit about uh, how it tends to be people that I know. So, <laughs> so I get that. But yeah, the whole battle royale to like, bounce bow wow. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how that happens either. <laughs> I suppose but both, it did. both are stress relief. In one way or another, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, yeah. Got any so other what about ones? yours? Oh, what about mine? Um, well, like I was saying, it tends to be... There's none, actually, that I've remembered lately that, that you know, would be very vivid. But when I do have them, it tends to be about, you know, people that I know or at least are part of my life, or perhaps it's people that I am attracted to, but that are in, you know, unusual 
spaces, you know, like some place where you wouldn't think a house we've never been to or, you know, a cabin that nobody owns or something, but that you, you know, that's unusual. But um, I'd have to say probably the most disturbing one I've had is um, the last guy I dated had a daughter and I knew her mother as well. And um, one night I actually had this dream that it was fucking terrifying because she hated me, right? Like, she probably would have tried to have a battle royale type killing with me, right? But in this dream, she, like, came over to the house and I thought she was there to try to, you know, get back together with him or something. But in reality, she was there to, like, tell him to fuck off and then she asked if he would watch us have sex. <laughs> it was real really fucking disturbing because I was like here's this person that wants to seriously hurt me and in my dream she's wanting to seriously have sex with me so <laughs> I have no idea where that kind of comes in at all <laughs> had you watched Battle Royale by this point <laughs> no no it's not it's not even recent because <laughs> this is the first time I'd watched Battle Royale so yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure about that. And um I guess the other kind of dream I can think of that was fairly vivid was just being well first we were at a party and we were all kind of partying and having a good time and talking to people. And then um we ended up at somebody else's house, but it wasn't a house I knew, but it was all my friends. This is just very weird. But it ended up that one of my friends seduced me to be with her and her husband in this dream. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. It's like, um, you know, but as I was writing these down, I was like, wait, I'm, I'm starting to see a theme here. Because there's some underlying, <laughs> you know, in both dreams, I'm seduced by some woman. <laughs> there you go. Maybe you need to come out of the closet. <laughs> No, no, I assure you, um, I thoroughly enjoy cock, so... <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you not heard my show? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> oh, oh, harsh. Maybe, maybe I should go listen. <laughs> oh, if you haven't, you should definitely have a listen. <laughs> but yeah, those, those are the, the two, I guess, that I thought of. Um, is there any other, any other ones that you've had? that you can think of? Really, to be perfectly honest, I know that sounds very boring, but I, I don't remember many of my dreams, and that's been the, f the first one for a, a significant period that I've actually woken up in the morning and thought, wow, did that actually just happen? Did I just have an orgy? But no, <laughs> it's, it's more of a case of, um, I don't know what to make of that, what's really happened here. I know I'm having a tough time at work, but it did happen happened three days in a row the same dream with the same outcome with the same people which was odd very odd but then you know work got a little bit better and uh, that disappeared and i don't remember the dreams i've had since so it's just one of those things that maybe it was just a build-up of emotion pretty similar to yours maybe there was some under underlying feelings or reasoning there for it i, I don't tend to look too deep into my dreams it's just you know i could watch a 
The Walking Dead, for example, go to bed and have a dream about zombies. And, you know, then that's it. it and the reason I'm dreaming about zombies is because of Walking Dead. I could have watched porn and go to bed and have a dream about porn, you know, and it's because I watched 10 minute preview. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things that it's just not normally do I remember dreams and it's just that particular one that I had. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's the same way. Like I said, I thought, you know, with talking with people, it's like, well, that would be an interesting, you know, idea because we try to get different questions on the show. But, um, yeah, I should keep more of a dream log or journal, maybe. So I don't know about that. Mm. You don't know about my dreams either. <laughs> well, I have to admit, after hearing those two, I might want to read that journal. <laughs> you could get that shit published, I'm telling you. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey wouldn't have a patch of yours. Oh, you don't even know the half of it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> hmm. The podcast whore diaries or something? <laughs> that could work. There we go. Well, with that, then maybe we'll move on and we'll um, take turns reading some of our listeners' responses. So, our first email was from the Inconclusive Breakdown podcast, and they said, Well, I just thought I'd mail you about my bland sex dreams. They usually happen if I haven't had sex in a while. See, maybe that was your case. And <laughs> involve either a woman from whatever I was watching or reading before bed. Like an imprint that bleeds over to my dreams. Yeah, you know, life bleeding into uh, kind of the dream world. I could see that. As I mentioned, if I watch the wrong thing before bed, that's it's bleeding over into my dreams. So I can completely relate. I think, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> a high level, obviously, not not a, not a detailed level. Yes. Right. So our second dream is from Emma, and she wrote in saying, uh, "One night, I dreamt my friend Nate fisted me." And had me crawl around the house like his little puppet. Oh. However, the next night, I had the exact same dream about her lady boss. Everything was exactly the same in every single way and detail, except for there being two human beings as opposed to one being a puppet. I'm not sexually attracted to either of these people, but when the dreams are that intense it can make you look at someone in a very different way. Oh, oh I would say so. <laughs> I I would agree. <laughs> if I had that kind of dream about my boss... <laughs> Being fisted by my boss, my goodness. <laughs> That's an eye-opener for sure. <laughs> that might be what I dream about later now, thanks. <laughs> Uh, uh, good thing I'm going out for a bit tonight before I go to bed. Otherwise, you'd be having fisting dreams. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, next we have Adam, who says, In this dream, I was watching porn on my laptop. Eh, seems reasonable enough. Um, <laughs> and I started having sex with the headphone jack. It just stretched open to accommodate me. It was pretty weird. Good concept, though. A USB-powered blowjob machine or something. <laughs> wow. That's messed up. 
That... Yes, I'm sure everybody listening has watched porn on their laptop, but I don't think I've ever thought about plugging or jacking myself into said laptop. Into the jack, yeah. But that might not be a bad concept, you know, if you had a big enough screen, you could... Yeah, never mind. <laughs> oh, dear. That's, that's, that's... No? That's, no. 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 I think we need to move on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The the next person obviously wanted to stay anonymous with the names that are associated with this this email. So Wilma (laughs) had a dream that she was having sex with zombie Fred. Oddly enough, he was chewing gum in order to become human. They were dry humping at first, then he got in Pebbles' crib. And they were kissing through the bars. He got out of the crib because the baby was crying. When we got to their room, she wasn't there. So we went back to the living room. When we were about to have sex, doggy style of course, but with our pants on because we were more comfortable that way. But I convinced him it would be better with his pants off. Right before it happened, I woke up, but I had this overwhelming desire to chew some trident gum. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to be able to look at Trident Gum in the same way now. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> e- either that, or I'll be thinking, hmm, this Trident Gum tastes of brains. Brains. <laughs> Who knew that really, you know, out of all these zombie apocalypse movies and things that bring them back, who knew it was gum? There you go. That's the key. I mean, she doesn't even know the gem that's in her dream, evidently. <laughs> Clearly she does. It's Trident Gum. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Or trying to do it doggy style with pants on. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. I don't. I don't know on any dream level that how that works. No, unless not... they're chapless pants. I, I don't. Knowing who submitted this, <laughs> I don't. I don't know that I want to think about them in like assless chaps <laughs> but uh i'm not gonna tell you who it is so <laughs> that's all right and getting away from assless chaps we had a response emailed in after the actual recording but uh, i wanted to make sure we got it on the show so here you go hey megan it's tony from the salty language podcast also former guest star of the screams and moans podcast Episode 10, Testicle Telepathy. Uh, You asked for dreams. I figured I'd give you one since I barely ever remember mine, and I happen to have one last night that kind of fits in the the same lines of what you're looking for, right? So I dreamt I was meeting my wife's new boss for the first time. And he's apparently an Indian man. He was just in casual dress clothing. I'm meeting, I'm talking to him in the lobby of her work. And he's telling me how much he loves my wife, and he keeps hugging me and telling me how much, how much he just, she's great and he loves her. And then he just starts mushing his dick up against me through his pants, right? And I'm like, hey, whoa, I'm not really into that. And he just keeps mushing it into me. And then, for some reason in the lobby of her work, there's a bed. And he hops on the bed, and he's on all fours. He's still fully clothed. He's got his ass in the air, and he's like, ah, ah, you like this? And I'm like, you know, it's not really my thing, man. And he's like, well, I'll tell you what, we'll get you and your wife in here and we'll see what happens. 
from this moment, I suddenly transitioned to my house, which in my dream, I'm living in a giant mansion for some reason, kind of like Wayne Manor. And one of my coworkers is there. And she's, you know, I'm not going to say she's old, but she's not young, like 50s, maybe early 50s, late 40s. And I'm telling her about this weird experience I just had, meeting my boss's, my wife's boss, excuse me, and how he kept mushing my dick up, his dick up against me. And for some reason, it seemed like it was the best idea to just show her by mushing my dick up against her. And she reaches and grabs my cock through my jeans, and she just goes, Oh, youth. And then I woke up. It was very strange. But what I learned from this dream is either, A, I need to have a three-way with an Indian guy, or B, I need to bang some sort of late, almost, you know, someone almost my mother's age, because, you know, I woke up with a very turgid erection. It kind of creeped me out a little bit. I actually got up and walked around and got some water and, you know, let the fella simmer down a little bit. It's a little weird. So, yeah, there you go. That's my dream. Uh, Till next time. Oh, as always, I want to thank all of my listeners for their responses because you really do help add something to the show. (laughs) You freaky bunch of people, yes. You do. Oh, that's the best kind of people, though. Of course. I'm not disputing that. Get your freak on. Get your freak on. (laughs) With your trident chewing gum. Get your freak on. (laughs) But, um, yeah. (laughs) And along with that, usually I'll follow up with a question for next episode so that you guys have some time to respond. Uh, However, this one uh, will actually be the last episode before I take a trip to England in May. So um, with that, there's going to be a little bit different format on the next couple of shows. So the next show is actually going to be part of my pilot episode. And then, you know, some different outtakes from all of the dirty dozen that have been on the show so far. And uh, including yourself. (laughs) I hope I've given you some good material then. Oh, definitely. So yeah, I'll be in England and releasing that um, while I'm there. So it's just going to be some outtakes and uh, some unreleased parts of an episode. So uh, you guys can hear where it all started. And uh, the following week, I'm actually going to try to get my mom on and talk about the trip. And for that episode, I actually want to uh, get questions that you guys would either like to ask me or ask my mom for that show so those can be submitted uh, through email to screamsandmoans at gmail.com and with that I think we're gonna wrap things up for the night and uh, be tucking you in but um, (laughs) if my listeners want to you know chat more with you or um, hear the different podcasts that you're a part of where can they do that well after you've tucked me in they can find me on twitter at bigandyd which is b-i-g-a-n DID. Um, as we kind of hinted at the top of the show, I'm a bit of a basketball fan. So um, my friend Matt Smash and I, we do a weekly basketball podcast called the Double Clutch UK podcast. So uh, check that out if you're into basketball. Or if you're into video games, you can catch me bi-weekly on gameburst.co.uk. 
All right. Sounds good. And as usual, I can be found on Twitter at Screams and Moans. You can also like our Facebook page and get involved that way. So it's just the Facebook address slash Screams and Moans. And then we have our website, www.screamsandmoans.com. And as always, if you're enjoying the show, I'd love to get more reviews on iTunes, hear how we're doing. Uh, And if you're listening on Stitcher, go ahead and give us a big thumbs up. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, with that, I hope everyone has a wonderful night. Bye. Bye.